welcome back to the SBK Betting Podcast, where I think it would be safe to say we've got one of the best weekends of racing we've seen for a long, long time. For whatever reason, a lot of big group ones all falling on the same weekend um, from our flat turf action, which is really sort of cementing and rounding off some of the best uh, horses we've seen from all age groups, really. We've got a lot of very good two-year-old races, but it's the uh, middle distance race of the year that we're really going to focus on uh, to begin with, which is the Prix de Triomphe coming on Sunday at Longchamp. Of course, always run over one mile, four furlongs, open to horses three-year-olds and up. And we have 15 runners, which is actually all right. I was slightly concerned that it was going to really cut up uh, when we saw the cutoff point in the five-day um, entry list. But we had the supplementary of um, the supplement of the St. Ledger winner, uh, continuous to add a little bit of depth. We've um, we've got some really nice three-year-olds in general, Ace Impact being the standout from the French team. So obviously Ace Impact and continu- Continuous get their weight from the elders. Hookham, Westover, the big names. Um, we've also got Baybridge from the UK as well. And Free Wind will be Frankie Dottori's final ride in the race. And so with the company of Ross Miller and Tom Collins, as always, um, Tom, I'll come to you first. Overall shape of this year's Pre-Lot de Triumph, we've seen some brilliant renewals, always see great horses at this at this level. How do you think it really rates compared to some of the best we've seen? Well, I would love to have come into this preview with uh, lots of enthusiasm and positivity about the arc. Um, I don't want to be downbeat, but I'm going to be. Um, isn't this just the worst arc in terms of depth in a long, long time? Like a long time. I mean, I'm not just talking 10 years, I'm, I'm talking 20 years or even uh, longer than that. I mean... Yes, there are two very talented older horses, Huckham and Westover, but Westover was stuffed in this race last year. There are a couple of decent French-trained three-year-olds, one of which, though, Feed the Flame, hasn't yet reproduced his top-level form from his two-year-old season as a three-year-old, so he's still an unknown. Other than that, are we not really struggling? I mean, people will mention Continuous, but no St. Ledger winner has ever uh, ever won the arc, and in the last 20 years, St. Ledger winners have done terribly aside from Hurricane Lane, who ran okay a few years ago. Aidan O'Brien spent 120 k to supplement him, fair enough. But at the same time, he only needs to finish fifth place or better to actually make a profit on that fee. Uh, it's 126000 to finish fifth. And, you know, even if this horse finishes third, it's going to look great on his page when he becomes a, a sire or a stallion. So that was kind of a no-brainer. The Japanese runner, yes, finished second to Equinox last time up, but has never won beyond a Group 3. Then you've got Baybridge, who's been super disappointing all year. Free wind, doesn't have the talent to win an arc. And then you go further to the outsiders who really have no chance on form. So that all being said, I have to come down on Ace Impact because he's the only horse, in my opinion, in this race that has superstar potential. He absolutely obliterated Feed the Flame and Continuous in the French Derby. Um, That was super impressive. Then again, he was impressive beating Al Riffer at Deauville, coming off a little bit of a layoff. Yes, there are question marks about him coming here fresh, but it's not that much of a layoff. You know, it's 40-odd days. Um, he's five from five. He's hard to fault. And aside from Huckham, who's a very good horse, and I don't want to take anything away from him particularly, but the others, he's got not much to beat in here. So I've got to be with Ace Impact. Yeah, getting the weight. Um, Jean-Claude Roger, um, Christian Demuro, the, the, this horse is... Uh, been unbeaten this year. I don't know really, I suppose, the level of form, but just coming back to that point, and I'll get Ross your your thoughts on, on, on the race and shape of it, what TC's saying that it's the, the weakest renewal we've had for some time. I remember a few years ago we had 
both the Derby and the and the St. Ledger winner in Arayar and Hurricane Lane. Uh, we obviously had Tanawa, Snowfall, um, Tokyo Tasso won the race, but it was just like, that's what you want to see um, from a pre-lot triomphe. But for, you know, ground reasons, we don't have Auguste Rodin. And I think that just sort of adds a, adds a little of a, a bit of a blank, blank note, but even the likes of King of Steel and, you know, the ground isn't as bad as they, they normally predict it to be, but is it a kind of a disappointing look from our three-year-olds, I suppose, and no real standout filly either trying to make it take advantage of the, all the weight allowances? Yeah. I mean, I mean, TC, come on, Liverpool won in the week. Imagine if they'd lost, but no, I, I do, I do get where he's, where he's coming from. It'll be a competitive race, but you say about the throws, that represents the three-year-olds this year, doesn't it? Really, there's not been an absolute knockout standout three-year-old. As you said, August Rodin was very impressive, but he's, you know, he's, he's had his ups and his downs, to say the least. Um, I think it makes complete sense that Ace Impact is his favourite. Um, he's done very little wrong, but unusually, I'm going to wear the stat attack hat. Um, do either of you know the last time the winner of the arc was having its first run over a mile and four. I don't. I actually, I actually read a, a column about this earlier on, but I can't remember the answer. But I know it's been a while, uh, and he has that to prove, doesn't he? Yeah, ni- 1990 in Samarez. Um, and so that's, what, 32 winners since. And of those, only three uh, hadn't won uh, over the trip as well. It was just uh, Bago, Urban, C and Saki who hadn't won over a mile and four. Now... I'm not a big stat man, and stats are there to be broken, but I think it does show you that this is a race for stamina. Um, and for all that Ace Impact has, has been very powerful for the line, to me, he's looked a very quick horse. He's quickened up uh, off a patient ride. Um, it's, for me, not a given he's going to see this trip out. His, his mother didn't. Um, she was a, she was predominantly an, a, a mile horse. She she did win over ten furlongs, but she she ran very badly on her only start over a mile and four. But that was her last ever career start, so you, you just don't know that she gave her form maybe. Um, but there's just enough for me to go against him, coupled with the fact that he's going to be ridden patiently, and from a middle draw, he could just find himself in a bit of traffic. And uh, Christian Demira tends to like to switch him out and come wide. That might just not be the easiest thing to do. So. For all that I see why he's favourite, and I completely see why TC's gone with him, he just wouldn't be for me. Um, I didn't have a compelling argument for anything. I got it down to a short list of, of four, which was Huckham and Westover. I think that form stacks up. Um, Huckham just looks still progressive at six years of age, um, but I thought Westover got posted fairly wide in the King George and, and raced keenly, and if got better cover this time from, from stall one, that might not be the case. Um, but it was the draw for both of them that put me off, really. Huckham's got to come from a very wide draw, um, sort of Golden Horn-esque draw. And I don't think he's significantly better than these, like perhaps Golden Horn was in in his renewal. Um, and Westover, draw one just worries me that he's going to need cover. And I just worry he might get locked away down on the rail. So it, it came down to two for me that I, that I liked. Continuous, as, as TC said, has got to defy history and become the first horse to win the arc following on from the St. Ledger. Um, I, I'm not overly enamoured with a sort of short two-week turnaround, but I do think he's just been very progressive in the last part of the season. Um, I think you can forgive his run and forget his run behind Ace Impact previously. Um, I just think he's really found himself in the last last couple of months. And if that's the case, maybe there is just one more big run 
in him. He's got a nice draw. Um, he's got the best jockey in the world on him this season. There's no doubt about that. Um, so he's he's definitely the selection. And just fantastic moon. I think it's interesting they've supplemented and they clearly were worried about soft ground that they're not going to get. But again, he's just got a slightly wide draw. But he is my sort of price. You know, he's he's a he's a decent sort of 12, 14, maybe even a bit bigger. Um, and I, I think he's, you know, he's been supplemented for a reason. He's got good form. He's definitely going to stay. So those would be my two, but continuous would be the one I'm most interested in. I think it's fantastic means coming out the same draw that Torquato Tasso came out of a couple of years ago. So the Germans are over the moon, um, pardon the pun, uh, for for that, for those reasons. And yeah, great to have him in here. Obviously, uh, put aside Feed the fame, Flame quite decisively last time. Just question around the pace where it's going to come from, Ross. Do you think that there's enough in there? Obviously, there's no pace setter for uh, the Bally Doyle horse and he wouldn't mind quite a um, a strong pace. He's got one one way of running. I just was trying to work out where who we th- who you think might go forward. Well, I think Jim Crowley's got to go forward, hasn't he? Whether he can go forward enough to get to the front, I'm not, I'm not so sure. Um, it just struck my mind that maybe, you know, Ryan Moore is not afraid to, to, to do his own thing. And I know that continuous has been ridden patiently and that appears to have sort of coincided with an upturn in form, but I'm not sold on that. And I just wonder whether he's simply just an improving horse that's come to himself and whether they will make use of the fact that he's, he's got stamina for further than this and might just bounce Mm -hmm. out and, and do his own thing. Yeah. Okay. Right. Really interesting. Not the best uh, renewals, but quite interesting tactically how it's going to work out. What Jim Crowley is going to do, as you say, with that draw fourteen, which isn't ideal. But if any horse has been trained for this race, it is Hookham. Continuous. It's sort of come quite sort of last minute. Ace Impact. It's it's been in their mindset, but I suppose it is. You know, you feel like you they've got to. I'm um, being doing what he's done, but he's. He was quite workmanlike over 10 furlongs last time. He's got to find a couple extra furlongs. So I do see um, that angle. But continuous for Ross, uh, TC's for Ace Impact. I'm for Hookham simply because, as I said, I do think that he's been laid out for this. He's a horse that does so well fresh. Owen Burrows, um, he's just a master at getting putting a, putting a plan in place. Um, it's going to put Jim Crowley's uh, tactics and his... Um, tactical awareness right down to the to the wire really um but maybe sometimes i even think a poor draw, draw so when a draw so poor it can actually mean that the jockey really really makes the most of, of doing what he can to negate it whereas if you if you take advantage of a, of a good draw which maybe rob Hornby has on, on one but is it good i don't know do you want to be squeezing in one I just, I think I'd rather, I'd rather see Jim Crowley try and do what he can out of 14. So I'm, I'm happy to stick with Hookham at around six to one. I think that's a good price, but it's definitely got a lot of each way value as, as it has been over the years, um, the pre-luck triumph. So yeah, good, a good enough assessment, but I suppose we, we, we probably are lacking a, a really strong, strong lineup of horses to make it too um, prevalent in our minds. We've got so much good racing, especially on Saturday. Um, we've got two group ones, we've got the Chibley Park and we've also got the uh, Middle Park Stakes, the six furlong group one. We've obviously got the Dewhurst coming up, we'll have the Futurity Stakes coming up and it's sort of a, a case of who's going to be uh, pitching in in these races. And it sees um, the return of River Tiber, who was beaten by Vendique in the pre-morning um, when they were last seen. But 
whatever reason, the market can't separate them where I can see nine to four joint favorites, River Tiber and Van Deek. And then uh, you've got horses in there, including Jassol, who's behind um, Van Deek in the pre-morning. And then you've got sort of horses that might just be flying a little bit under the radar. We don't know how good they are. The likes of Task Force and Starlust has been supplemented. But um, our two-year-old expert, Ross, what what do you make of this? The, the fact that River Tiber and Van Deek are sort of nearly River Tiber's vying for favoritism. Can you see the case why, why River Tiber can turn the tables? He was put in his place quite fair and square last time, I thought, by Van Dijk. Well, yeah, but then you've got to take into account that Aidan O'Brien sort of said in the run-up to it that he he had missed a bit of work. He'd had a, a disruptive preparation, I think, and I couldn't find the quote, but I think it was from a bit of muscle soreness and just meant they'd had to wait a little bit with, for, for a bit of work. And the ground in the morning was was... French soft ground it was it was testing um I think that plays to Van Dijk I think he loves soft ground um he just got up in the dying strides there which to me suggests he's got plenty of stamina over over the six furlong trip and I just struggle to see that he will be as effective on what could well be a a quick surface um whereas River Tiber has already shown that he uh, can can act on a quick surface as he did when winning the winning the Coventry. Um, I think he's a horse for seven furlongs. I think it's only the fact he's in a, a stable chocked full of talent over that seven furlong one mile trip that sees him staying at this six furlong trip. But he has got speed. He did win over five furlongs earlier in the in the season. So I I do take him to to reverse the form of Van Dijk purely on the on on account of the ground and. Assuming he's had a, a better run into this race, he'll get there fresh. He'll have had a nice, nice preparation. I do think he's got the most natural speed out of the out of the pair of them. So he would be the selection. But I would just give a word for Jasur, who I think undoubtedly got stuck in the mud in the morning last time. Um, he was impressive on the July course um, back in back in July, um, and was then with uh, a non-runner at Goodwood on soft ground. And then they went to France and I think they clearly just thought they'd roll the dice and, and see, but he was well beaten. I think you could put a line through that and say that was, was, was ground related. He's a smart horse. And then just at a bigger price, I saw that give me the beat boys was 40 to one. He shouldn't be 40 to one. I don't think he's a likely winner, but on his, on his commentary stakes form, he's got a, a length and three course. I think it was defined with, with uh, river Tiber. And he was given an overly aggressive ride there by, by Frankie de Tory. Um, last time out, he conversely got a very quiet ride in a race where it paid to be ridden prominently. Um, I think he's better than he's shown yet. I don't think he'll win it, but at 40 to one, I'll probably dig deep into my pockets and find a few coins to put on him. Yeah. He, he won first time out on soft ground, but I think he was pulled from Irish champions festival weekend on the account of the ground. Was it too soft that day? I just thought that was quite interesting, but they're happy to throw him in um, in this race instead on, on soft ground. But I think that, that it was probably the right decision. It was very, Real tactical race, the national stakes in the end. Um, okay, um, give me the beat boys, the good dip, double figure price for Jessica Harrington team. Um, River Tiber for Ross. TC, with or against that opinion that he can show you know us what he's made of now that he's uh, had what we assume will be an uninterrupted preparation. Yeah, I'm completely with Ross. Uh, I like River Tiber a lot, and I think nine to four is a very fair price. I, I think he'll go off around seven to four, 13 to eight favorite. In this race now prior to the morning he looked exceptional in three wins hacked up on his debut by 10 lengths then won a conditions event then went to royal ascot and won the commentary despite not getting the best toe into the race then he had a two-month layoff ross is spot on aiden did say 
that he pulled a muscle in the build-up in the interim prior to the morning and they weren't actually sure if he was going to get there they just got him there in time they decided that they will let this horse run but he wasn't fully tuned up and actually I thought he ran very well considering not only did the ground was the ground not ideal not only did he not have a good uh, build-up but Bandit got the best uh, run he got the jump on him basically um, and yes, he beat him fair and square in the finish, but River Tiber wasn't 100%. Now he will be coming off that race. Back on better ground, much like Ross has said. I'm basically just repeating everything Ross has said because I, I love the angle. But um, yeah, I think he's definitely the horse to beat in here. And Aidan O'Brien's won this race three times in the last six years as well. So he knows what it takes to win a middle park. River Tiber, for me, is a, a good favourite and 94 is a nice price. Yeah, he's looking to join Blackbeard, Ten Sovereigns, US Navy flag, amongst others, uh, winning this race. It's uh, it's is an interesting uh, the the trainers that have been responsible um, for th- these winners. I, th- I still think Van Dijk is. I can't see why, you know, it's a it's an it should be against him just because River Tiber might might be a fitter horse this time. I think he still did it in the shape of a horse that is still improving. I mean, he did everything sort of wrong. He's He can be still quite slow away. He's very green. He's still being educated to ride. And I think Andrea Zaney's done a very good job. Obviously, he's now in Hong Kong. So we've got James Doyle, who's not a, a bad substitute. Um, so seeing him back again, beating a horse like River Tiber, like he did last time, I, I just, I think we still don't know the, the, the extent of how much Van Dijk's improving, whereas River Tiber was good, very, very good at the beginning of the season. So I'm happy to take you guys on. Wonder if they'll get a little bit more rain. It's especially good to firm at the moment at Newmarket. So I would say that would probably be more preferable for River Tiber than it would be Van Dijk. But I'm a Van Dijk and um, TC and Ross are with uh, River Tiber and a bit of interest for saw and for Give Me The Beat Boys, for Ross. So that's one of a multitude of very classy um, stakes races this weekend um, on home soil. Um, we could talk about plenty of others. Obviously, there's the Cambridgeshire, which is a, a very good betting heat as well. Um, I think we've got some real favourites of this podcast returning as well. And Ross, I know I'm fairly certain there is one horse that you'll be, well, we're all looking forward to seeing on Saturday in the TV Park. So you could uh, probably roll, roll quite seamlessly into your Napa Next Best. Yeah, if 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 you've listened to this podcast before any any number of times and you've seen the declarations, it'll come as no surprise to you that the NAP is relief rally. Um, I love this filly. She's she's certainly well over the season. She's tough, tenacious, and more importantly, she's she's talented and fast. Um, despite having the speed to do a lot of good work over five furlongs early in the season, I thought it was her her career best last time to win the Lowther. Um, from an uncompromising position, Tom Marcon switched her out quickened her up and, and she was very powerful through the line and just went further and further clear. Um, I think it was telling that at no point in that race did Tom Marcon look ever concerned. He always felt like he was going to get there. I think that tells you the, the esteem he holds her in. She was very powerful through the line there. Uh, Matt Chapman, if you remember on ITV, asked, asked afterwards whether she'd stay seven furlongs and sort of got shot down. But I thought it was a legitimate question because she didn't look like she was a, a quick horse holding on over six furlongs. I think this stiff nature of this track will will suit her well. Um, six furlongs is, I'm certain, her trip. 
the ground has, has stayed nice for her. There was a slight concern perhaps after her last run that it might be going to soft ground at this time of the year when she was looking to finish off her season, but she's going to get the ground she likes. Um, I think she is just head and shoulders above these. She's quicker. She's stronger. She's more tenacious. She's an easier ride. She's got a jockey that knows her exceptionally well. She's got everything going for her. So relief rally is the nap in the 225, the Chiefly Park stakes. Um, and then the next best also comes uh, from Newmarket and also a, another two-year-old in the 115. It's, it's Capulet for Ryan Moore and, and Aidan O'Brien. Um, and this is just a, a price thing. I can't believe he's, at the time of recording, two to one. There was a little bit of nine to four about when I looked earlier. Um, because I would argue if... Diego Velasquez, his stable mate who finished just a smidge in front of him at uh, Leopardstown last time was in this race. He would be certainly even money, if not perhaps odds on, um, perhaps down to his to, to his price tag and, and, and the hype around him. But I didn't think that he was an awful lot better than Capulet last time. Capulet got a fairly easy time of it inside the final final furlong. I think there was no mistaking which of the two were preferred to have to have won there from from Bally Doyle. Um, and yet we're still coming back at the line. This stiff track is going to suit him. Ryan Moore on board now. He's the, the, the stable number one. I think he's a, a progressive horse. He's going to stay this trip well. Um, Aidan O'Brien has got such a wealth of talent in the two-year-old ranks that uh, I just think two to one around about that price is, a, is an absolutely brilliant price. And uh, I'd be disappointed if he didn't get the job done in the 150. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm so excited to see him. I think considering it was only his second run last time at Leperstown, he did really well and got into a good battle. And I remember Ryan Moore coming off, obviously he was riding Diego Velasquez, but said they, these two are two high-class colts. And I wouldn't be surprised if we were to see him in the um, Breeders' Cup juvenile turf, um, being by Justify. I, you know, they love sending two-year-olds out there. And I think that he could be he could be their one for that race. But let's see how he gets on. On Saturday, thanks, Ross. Um, two very high-class two-year-olds that you've been following all season will have their um, opportunity to get Group uh, 1 status for uh, Relief Rally and, and Group 2 in the Royal Lodge. Okay, um, TC, you love um, a big uh, competitive type of handicaps, I'm sure, and I think it would be foolish of us not to include the Cambridgeshire in our in this what is really kind of a bumper edition of of previews um the Cambridgeshire is as always fiendishly difficult big 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 um uh, number of horses lining up and and it's a bit of a puzzle have you been able to solve it I hope so uh, that is the next best I'll briefly touch on the nap which is River Tiber in the middle park at three o'clock at Newmarket um for all the reasons already mentioned pre-morning he wasn't 100% ready to go He's going to have fitness on his side now. The ground should be in his favour. And one thing I didn't mention in the preview when we uh, looked at the middle park a minute ago, that pre-morning was run at a rapid rate of knots early on. They went super hard and all the horses up front, except for the eventual second, who's a very talented runner, uh, faded back through the pack. The horses um, who were closing managed to fill out the places by the second. Van Dijk was definitely helped by that. He's a keen going type, uh, but he was allowed to settle in the early stages. I don't think the race will be run in a similar fashion on Saturday in the middle park which should help River Tiber, and if anything, inconvenience Van Dijk. So that just strengthens the case for the nap, which is River, River Tiber in the middle park. The next best, yeah, the Cambridgeshire. Um, as I've put up a few short, shorter price horses so far in the two previews, I thought I'd go for the biggest puzzle of all on Saturday to try and find a decent price winner. So I've looked away from the favourite, who is Greek Order. Now, I was all over him at Sandown. We had a work trip out there, SBK. Uh, that evening and he, he managed to get a job done at two to one 
Then I napped him on the podcast last time when he was successful as well. And he was super impressive that day. He's gone up 10 pounds in the weights, Greek order. I think he's a very good horse. So I'm not completely against him. However, he's four to one in the Cambridgeshire, which suggests a 20% chance of winning. If you like your percentages, I mean, I don't think he's got a 20% chance of winning. It's a wide open race. Anything can happen. Four to one just seems a touch too short. So I have to take him on, basically. Uh, he's just underpriced. Therefore, look for something bigger. And the main one that stuck uh, stuck out to me is dual identity. Now, this horse, the five-year-old, doesn't have as much uh, potential or as high a ceiling as Greek order. There's no doubt about that. But I'm sure he's been aimed at this race, which is crucial. He ran here last year from a low draw, was over the far side. He beat the rest of the seven runners in that group by a considerable distance and finished a very good third. You just don't want to be drawn low at Newmarket. I mean, if you've been watching the racing today on, on Thursday, we're recording this. The Stanside Rail is the place to be, and it will be the, the place to be on Saturday. So you want to be drawn middle to high. Dual identity is in 16, but he's a closer, so he'll move across to the rail, stalk, and then pounce late in the race. I think he's been aimed at this. He's only four pounds higher, which doesn't put me off at all, given he recorded an RPR of 101 last year, RPR of 103 in his most recent victory, and I think he's rated 99 or 98, something like that, which seems perfectly fine. Uh, he's 12 to 1, so dual identity will be my next best. I will just say I'll have a couple of quid on last year's winner, Majestic, as well, just because he's been drawn well and also been aimed at the race with Benoit Delaseo on board. But dual identity is my main pick. Yeah, drawn 16, um, which seems to be just about OK. I mean, there's 35 runners, the Maxfield um, go to post. I just, yeah, I, I, I'm a kind of, I'm, I understand your thinking. I still think Greek Order's got a lovely racing weight. He kind of reminds me of Lord North, who won this a few years ago and just was a, a classic group horse and a handicap type of thing I still think he's he's been very well sort of nurtured by Harry and Roger Charlton but it is a real price difference isn't it half the price of anything else four to one well even shorter than half the price of anything else um dual identity second favorite around 12 to one so dual identity and um River Tiber Napa next best for Tom um I'll keep it quite simple I'm also uh, selecting Capulet as my nap for kind of all the reasons that's been said. Um, and as I mentioned, I think that he's a, a horse that will improve. He's he's a very gutsy and game horse. He's a type that I would say think that uh, Ryan Moore would be very happy to to get him out from the front and um, hopefully um, find the sort of near rail. There have been a few near heartbreaks at Newmarket already this afternoon. Um, horses trying to weave their way around and sort of come out of hiding places. I don't think you want to be stuck in behind horses. So I think Ryan Moore will go and use um, his natural speed early on. So Capulade for me is my nap in the 150. That's a Royal Lodge, as mentioned, but I am going for Greek order in the Cambridge Chess. So that's uh, basically decide if you're with me, with with TC or with me for the Cambridge but I would never you do too too badly putting a little bit on both of them. Um, I do just think, as I mentioned, he's still a very well handicapped horse and he's bred to be a lot better. And I think this is a, a great uh, pot for um, that team to pick up. So that is that is it. We've rattled through it quite quickly, everyone. Um, the Prelude to Triumph, the Middle Park, um, being the sort of main main feature races this Saturday and Sunday. Good, good enjoy, everyone. Good luck and enjoy it. It's great racing. That's what we do it for. Really, 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 and and going to enjoy it. So hopefully, we might have found um, the winner for you uh, hidden within that. Um, but uh, we'll be able to review that all this time next week. Um, don't, don't forget, all new SBK users get. £30 in free bets when they sign up and bet £10 
sport the first time. Ross and TC, enjoy this weekend. And everyone listening, uh, remember to subscribe to whichever podcast channel you listen on. And we will be back with you next week.